Welcome back to another broadcast from the North Pole. I'm Santa Claus, and with me here is Candy Kane. How are you today, Candy? Um, I'm doing okay. Glad to be, uh, glad to be back. All right. Well, we have an exciting show, and I know Candy's excited because she is looking at the agenda. And on that agenda, you can see that we have a special guest today. It's Yulamanden, my Danish counterpart, winter gift giver. We're going to compare and contrast our methods uh, about the celebrated practice of gift giving. Isn't that exciting, Candy? Yeah, so um, you said it's someone that does a lot of the same things as you? Is that what you mean? Yeah, he's, a, he's, a, he's more, of a, more of a gnome than me, more of a traditional folklorish character rather than a Catholic uh, saint turned. Which one of you guys uh, uh, was around first? I think he was. He definitely predates me. Okay, um, great. Let's, uh, let's get into it. Well, I, for one, am very excited about the celebration of Yule. That's coming up soon. Are you excited about Yule, Candy? Uh, yeah. What's Yule again? All right, so Yule is the traditional pagan celebration of the winter solstice. It involves feasts, fires, and merrymaking. Oh, okay. So is this the thing that was like originally Christmas and then they changed Jesus's birthday to be around then? That is exactly correct. As we all know, Jesus was actually born in spring. But in the 350s, Pope Julius I changed the date to December 25th in order to coincide with the celebrations of the winter solstice. Okay, so uh, I know all the Christmas celebrations. Um, what do people celebrate for Yule? Well, a lot of the same things. Uh, they have the burning of logs. They have feasts, as we do for Christmas. They sing songs. So before it was Christmas, was Yule like all about buying gifts and capitalist indulgence and all that? Or was it just about like celebrating the season? Uh, it was not so much about buying things. It was really more of a celebration, a time to get together with all the people that you know. Wow, must be nice. You know, you know my feelings on the Christmas season, so probably don't need to get into that again. That's right, and a lot of those traditions come from Yule. Oh, like they were, they were copied? In a sense, I would say adapted, but yes. All right, so what do you have planned before uh, Yulamandon shows up? Uh, well, before Yulamandon gets here, and he's not actually in the studio, even though he said he would be here by this time. But uh, I have some games and some letters, uh, just like usual. And uh, I see Candy on the agenda here that, uh, that you wrote the history section for this episode. Yeah, I wanted to do a little uh, history lesson about something American, because we've done a lot of international traditions so far, but I wanted to talk about something that happened, uh, you know, not so long ago. Well, you know what, Candy? I think that's great, and I'm really proud that you're finally getting into the Christmas spirit. Mm-hmm. Great. So, uh, we got a, we got an ad break coming up before, before we get started? We do. Our sponsor for this episode is Hand of Holly Jolly. For many of us, Christmas is the busiest time of year. It seems like everyone is too preoccupied making preparations for the big day without ever stopping to feel the spirit of Christmas. Don't you wish you could let everyone pause for a moment and appreciate some Christmas cheer? If so, you're in luck. Introducing the Hand of Holly Jolly. The occultist at Maleficarum Labs 
have revised the traditional Hand of Glory into a Christmas time event. Using the severed hand of someone recently hanged for the crime of stealing Christmas packages from porches, they cover it in corpse fat, dyed red and green, and even include a festive candle that plays Christmas carols. Simply place the hand of Holly Jolly in your living room on Christmas Eve night, light the candle, and not a single person will be able to move until all the wax melts away, allowing them to enjoy the cheery sounds of Christmas delight. Hand of Holly Jolly. Take a pause to enjoy some Christmas magic. Malficarum Labs not responsible for residual paralysis. back i hope you enjoyed that public domain music we're gonna get into a little history section and today candy cane you got the stage all right so today's history lesson is about the 1927 christmas night massacre hmm. so south pittsburgh tennessee was home to the perry stove company whose workers were part of the International Molders Union of North America, a major trade union at okay. the time. In 1920, the H. Wetter Manufacturing Company bought the Perry Stove Company and became the largest employer in the city. 90% of the employees were union members. Through the 1920s, Wetter management sought to quell mandatory union membership at the company in favor of voluntary union membership. A union strike began in 1925 as manufacturers pushed this change, but none of the workers crossed the picket line and the strike was successful after a two-month halt in operations led to a sharp decline in revenue. Hmm. All right, Candy. Well, uh, I'm looking forward to see where exactly this is going to pick up into... Oh, yeah, you're going to love it. Just uh, let, me, l let me finish because this, this is a real Christmas All right, miracle. Santa's not going to interrupt anymore. The strike ended but caused a rift in South Pittsburgh. Wetter announced that one of the manufacturing plants would be relocated to Alabama to avoid labor disputes. A union-supporting candidate, Washington Coppinger, was elected sheriff of the county in 1926, replacing the anti-union Ben Parker. Parker ended up getting hired as the city marshal of South Pittsburgh. These two ran a proxy war for the union dispute for over a year, then came Christmas Day, December 25th, 1927. Oh, there's Christmas. There's a there's a, a news brief here. If you want to go ahead and read this for me, Santa, I think um I think you'll like it. All right. Wow. Thanks for giving me some reading material, Candy. Six dead following Christmas shootout in South Pittsburgh. Scarcely had the echoes of the carol rendered Christmas night in the sacred cantata at the Cumberland Presbyterian Church in this city faded into the foothills of the Cumberland when a volley of gunshots rang out upon the downtown streets that took a toll of six lives and wounded several, among whom were numbered some of Marion County's best citizens. No investigation has been made of the horrible tragedy which took place on Cedar Avenue between the Hotel Robert E. Lee and Williamson's Pharmacy between the hours of 9 and 10 o'clock, and the consensus of opinion is that those slain were the chief characters of the gun battle. Among the slain were Sheriff Coppinger and Deputy L.A. Hennessy. Chief of Police James Connor, who was also deputy under Coppinger, Special Policeman Ewing Smith, Ben Parker, and O.H. Leroux. Hmm. 
Okay. So after this shootout happened, um, the Tennessee governor had to call in the National Guard to restore order. So that was how that went because some people wanted a union and other people didn't. So these things can get pretty, um, pretty So you're saying that the magic of Christmas did not lie with those who were trying to break up the union? Right. And I also think that, you know, it's important to notice that they wanted to keep them away from unionizing so bad that they were willing to get in a gunfight in the streets. Now, why do you think that is? Well, it seems like they were willing to risk it all in order to have some better working conditions. Right. And it seems like the other side was willing to risk it all to make sure that those people didn't have better working conditions. Hmm. Now, are you willing to risk it all to make sure that your elves don't have better working conditions? Well, how would you define all? How far would you go to keep them in the status quo of how things are now? I would not do anything violent or oppressive. However, I don't think that they would want to unionize. Okay, and I've said this before. Why aren't you willing to just let them speak for themselves on the matter? You keep saying you don't think that they want to unionize, but when's the last well, time you Candy, asked them? Well, I gotta say, I haven't asked them in a while because Santa thinks that they are perfectly happy making the toys and the gifts and content with the conditions that Santa has laid forth for over a century now. Okay, and would you still be content if all of them walked off the job? And, I mean, it's, what, December 11th? There's 14 days till Christmas? What would you do without them? Do you have a contingency plan? I do not, unless I wanted to start making all those toys myself again. Right, and they're your only option for how you're going to get all those toys for all those kids. So, maybe you should treat them better. Right? Does this, am I making sense? Well, you know, Candy, I I do take a little bit of offense. Uh, Now, Santa's not not normally an angry fella. I'm a holly jolly, holly jolly man. And I laugh. Okay. And my my stomach looks like a bowl full of jelly. You know. You know the whole thing. Mm -hmm. But But right now, I am a little bit offended and taken aback that you think the elves do not have good working conditions and that they are not happy. I mean, are you interviewing the elves? Are you talking to them? Yes, I have been speaking to the elves. And what did the elves say? Um, yeah, they don't seem very happy. They don't seem happy working year-round. I think the elves are sick of doing all the work while you sit here and make a podcast. Well, Santa is the one. I am the one who founded the workshop, and I provide them with jobs and a place to stay. And uh, without me... What are they? They don't... uh, They're just elves. They don't have a place to go. Without you, they would just be working for someone else. But I am the job creator. I created the jobs. Yeah, and they would just go find a different job creator. But without them, you wouldn't be Santa. But I'm the one... Your value is is in their labor. I sort of see what you're saying, but I'm the one who tells them to make the toys. And therefore, I am the one who gets to distribute the toys and take credit for the toys. All right, I'm just going to ask you point blank. What would be so wrong with just letting them 
take more breaks, get higher pay, have better health care, all these things. What is stopping you from just allowing them to have the things that they want? The thing that is stopping me, to be perfectly honest, is that I would have less time to myself. I would have less time to decorate my sleigh. I'd have less time to go through my Christmas wardrobe, all my fursuits, the various colors. I would have less time to sit around and make a Christmas broadcast with you, Candy Cane. Uh, I would have less time for all of my leisure activities. And I work really hard. I work one day a year, and it's really hard. And I deserve some leisure time while they make all the toys. I'm paying them, and I think that's fair. It sounds to me like the reason you don't want to give the elves what they're asking for is because you like being in control of what they're allowed to do and when they're allowed to do it. I don't think it has anything to do with time or leisure or hey, even hey, money. Hey, hey, hey now. I think it... Hey, Candy, come on. It's Santa here. Would you be willing to no, give hey, away hey, hey, Candy. your status Candy, as nope. this pay... Candy, gonna have to cut you off there. All right, now, let's see. Where is that? Okay, I think, I think we're done with this discussion. I think we can just move on, maybe edit this part out. I am trying to find that button... Are you are you yeah, serious? I, I am serious about trying to find. Yeah, it's that one. It's the it's, where is that? It's the long skinny. Where one. is that's that? Oh, that's that's the button thing. So Candy Cane left and has not been back for a while. Um, and you know what? Uh, just to fill the time, we got a little off track earlier. So I'm just going to see if I got email. Okay. Oh, we got an email from uh, a little boy named Howard. Hello, Santa. And hello, Miss Kane. Oh, well, she's not here to, to listen to this. So it's just hello, Santa right now. Sorry, Howard. A very happy holiday to both you and Santa from snowy Minnetonka Beach. Quite the year we've all had, haven't we? But it's nice to see some things remain the same. Direct economic stimulus is unavailable to the working class. Celebrities offer malformed political opinions and wonder why we all get bad. Of course, ever since you sprinkled your Christmas magic, the holiday is cooler than ever before. Well, you know, Howard, I believe that Candy would actually be interested in some of this, but I am not right now. I'm a little miffed. I forgot to say so. Okay, Howard, I'll keep reading your letter. Normally, I ask for a bunch of audio equipment for my band, and I spend the rest of the year figuring out how it works and whether it plays nicely with the floor model Casio. I have no idea what you're talking about, Howard. However, this year has given some perspective, and in many ways I've discovered my own inner Santa. Oh, that's nice. As such, all I need from you guys is another year of living on this strange and wonderful planet, and another year's worth of interviewing strangers on the Vander Jam. I guess it would be nice if you and the elves did something for Medium Hollow and his lovely wife, 
if only to say thank you for all of those 3 a.m. phone calls. All right, well, I, I think I can do that. I think I can, uh, strange name, medium, hollow, and lovely wife. But, uh, what do I know? My name's Santa Claus. But if I'm honest, there's really only one thing that I want, and that's for all the love and goodwill that my friends Jesse and Kelgore put out into the world come back to them. They're lovely people in decidedly unlovely times, and I'm worried that if they don't get their due, ironic detachment may have finally won. You wouldn't let that happen to our fragile world, would you, Santa? Any dang way. I hope the elves and pets are practicing safe distance measures, and I hope that you enjoy the apple I forgot to put back in the fridge. Sincerely, Howard Vander, age 34. Well, Howard, even though you're not a little boy, I believe I can give you the gift of living one more year on this strange and wonderful planet. Ugh, okay, what was I going to do? Well, I was going to play a game with Candy Cane, but she's not here anymore, so... And that's fine. That's fine. Santa's moving on. Moving on. Okay, so the game this week is called Stocking Stuffers, uh, where I'm going to describe a stocking stuffer and Candy Cane, or I guess... Well, I guess just you at home. You at home can guess what I'm trying to describe. These are traditional stocking stuffers that were originally put into stockings in the early days of Christmas. So, stocking stuffer number one. It's orange. It's crunchy. It comes from the ground. Can you think of this stocking stuffer? That's right. It's a carrot. If you guessed carrot at home, you were right. Uh, I gotta say, it's, it's just oh, it's just not as fun. Let's see. Getting an alert right now. Oh, oh boy. Oh, well, it seems like the elves have unionized, and I gotta go take care of it. I don't know why. I give them so much. And you know what? This is how... This is... Uh, Candy Cane. Been talking to him. Telling him all kinds of things. Just had to come in and ruin the way it's been for over 150 years. Okay. All right. The episode's over. I'm not doing it anymore. San Santa Claus. Uh, what's the... Santa Claus pod at gmail.com. You can write a letter to Santa. Hopefully you are a little... A little child and not a 34-year-old man. Uh, okay. I can't believe this cookie's in milk.